Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of The World Begins With You where we listen to travelers' experiences, favorite moments and favorite stories. This is, as I said before, the first podcast so I think that this will uh, have a special place in my heart. And for today's guest, she is a travel and food writer and her name is Chinesia. So Chinesia, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Chinesia. I'm a new freelance writer, uh, foodie blogger. Uh, I've graduated from ASU back in 2015 as a technical communication major. So just trying to start using my skills in my field to get my point across in the best way I know how <laughs> through social media. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And how are you? Good. How are you? Yeah, I had a lot of like little tasks to do before I uh, went to today's podcast. We had quite a bit of things to uh, work on, but I'm glad that we're both here now, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so on today's podcast, uh, you know, we basically talk about everyone experiences, especially since this is uh, mainly on the focus of travel and whatnot. So for you, uh, as you said before, you're a freelance writer. So uh, especially when it comes to travel and food. Uh, so why did you decide to pursue that? Uh, definitely, I realized after getting bitten by the travel bug, um, I realized that I wanted to write my experiences. Everybody's travel experience is so different. And I also love taking pictures is another thing, too. And I just felt like I wanted to put this out there and share it with other people, like different tips or experiences or food that I come across. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it is so important I think the more that you travel the more that you think oh I really want to remember these certain places the certain names of these areas so yeah I can definitely uh I can definitely tell where you're coming from so for you uh what was the moment that made you want to travel more what was the place that made you want to travel more or experience if you had any I definitely have to thank my parents for making it every summer vacation when I was younger to take me to California to experience the different theme parks in California because I'm so close. I'm in Arizona. And we went on family trips to family reunions sometimes. So it was definitely something that I did like experiencing different food, different culture. And I realized that I wanted to start going to other places without my parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's how it goes, right? That's how it starts. I mean, I'm the same as well. <laughs> you have to be able to do anything you want. With your parents, you can't do everything. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I mean, like, sometimes we have, like, different travel style to our parents. And it's just, like, we, we, we talked about this before, but... I always really want to go to like the more exotic places. I really want to go to Thailand and Morocco. And my parents are like, I don't see why you want to go to those places. I was like, go on, man. It's cool. It's interesting, right? It's got to be interesting, I'm sure. Uh, so for you, what was that destination that you first wanted to go to? That you're like, I have to go to this place. <laughs> for me, it was Greece. Um, when I was studying mythology in college, and about Hercules and Athena and Aphrodite and all of those other characters. I mean, definitely it was something that I wanted to see for myself. I mean, I for sure love mythology. I mean, I even named my dog Hercules. <laughs> so. Oh, cute! <laughs> I'm guessing he's your favorite? Your favorite uh, mythological god? Yeah. <laughs> so technically, he's a demigod, of course. Wow! Yeah, for sure. But definitely, I mean, even you have the movies, you had the shows, and I was just so fascinated. That is cool. That is cool. I like, uh, I mean, I also had an interest in Greek mythology, but that's because I studied ancient history in high school, and it's just really fascinating. But, oh, uh, I like 
the more that I think about it, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, I really wish I went to Greece. Uh, but in terms of like the favorites, uh, places to go, sites to see, uh, what was your like top three favorites in Greece? Especially like especially for the Greek mythological lovers like me, hands up. Uh, what do you recommend for us or the ancient history lovers? I would definitely say taking a tour is mm. definitely helpful just mm. because I wasn't aware of like, okay, where do you start? How do you get there? You know, what type of transportation? You know, where do you go from here? So when um, we booked our trip through Groupon and once we got to the hotel, they let us know that a travel agent that was affiliated with Groupon was there on site. And they were offering like a tour for $100 to take us to Acropolis. And they pick you up from the hotel. So it's, you don't have to worry about how am I going to get there? If there's an additional cost, it's you just pay them. And then they picked us up and we were on our way. Oh, that is crazy. Oh, okay. So everyone, especially the American listeners or viewers that are watching this right now, use your Groupon. Use a Groupon. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> I have Sydney, like I come from Sydney, Australia, currently based in Sydney, Australia. And our Groupons are like, I don't think I will ever see Greece, never in my whole life. It's always like, it's always like the Asian destinations. And after there's like the one-offs of Ireland and Scotland, but Greece, why wouldn't you want to go there, right? Yeah, right. So. There's so many. And... You know, you have to be skeptical, of course, at first, because it's like, this can't be a real price because it was like $100 and that's including your round trip airfare from JFK to Athens and also your hotel for $600. It's like, what's the catch? Yeah, that is crazy. (laughs) Catch somewhere, but there actually wasn't a catch besides I had a layover, but I mean, You'd have a layer of it regardless, so I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So you got that tour for $600. So like, oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, just thinking about a flight from Arizona to Athens would be more than probably $600. Then you have yeah. to think about your hotel. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> we've been looking at more than $600 for this trip. Wow. So like, oh, all accommodation and expenses included. How, but for Americans, how long does it get for, how long does it take for you guys to go to, go to Europe or to go to Greece? Well, from here America? to JFK or to New York is about five and a half hours. Mm. And then when you get to JFK, we had a layover in Zurich. Yeah. And... Then you go from Zurich to Athens. So you have about an eight-hour flight there, then it's broken up, and then an additional like couple of hours after that from uh, Zurich to Athens. Ah, uh, so... But when we oh, did it all together, it's like an all-day event. <laughs> all day. Ah, I see. But I surely it's probably like... Uh, 10 to 12 hours in terms of the overall flight? It's an all-day event, for sure. (laughs) Ah. But it's not like 24 hours, right? No, not 24 hours, but you definitely cross several time zones, for sure. Ah. Oh, you guys have started, like, the way back at, like, 5 or 6 a.m. in Athens. And then we got back to Arizona at, like, 10 o'clock night ah ah yeah that's so that's that is quite confusing yeah i mean yeah for like from sydney to any european place it's like 24 hours straight so it's it's not a fun time so the americans i'm telling you take advantage of (laughs) where you're currently living right now it's a good time uh so for you even though we talked specifically about Athens. I know that you have been to a few other places. Uh, so for you, what is your favorite city and why is it your favorite city? Where I've visited so far, I would say Athens was at the top of the list 
But one of my frequent visited cities that I love a lot is San Diego, California. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what really interests me about like when you stated that it was San Diego was, I mean, as someone that doesn't come from the States, it's a city that I don't really hear about much. So it's really cool to hear about a place that's not a touristy destination. And yeah, give us the details of why you always end up coming back to San Diego. San Diego to me is like ultimate beach life, <laughs> but the city, everyone there has been friendly. Every experience has been definitely a good one. I try to go to a different restaurant each time, try something new every time. So it's a similar experience, but still also a new experience. You have a deja vu, but at the same time, it's still a new experience for you. That is a really interesting way to put it. And so you really like beach culture and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, yes. Ah, so what beaches do you recommend in San Diego? Um, there is so many. You have Oceanside. Um, there's also Coronado Island, which you have the beach, and then you also have several restaurants and shops on the island, too. So it's all uh, right there in one. You park, and you have shops for your souvenirs. You have different restaurants. You have happy hour if you want drinks, and you can just sit by the beach. Oh, wow. How do you get to Coronado Island from the mainland? Is it like easy? I mean, you just drive. It's just literally there's like a, a bridge that you go over to get to the island. So either you're driving or you're taking an Uber, uh, either one. And there's also when you get onto the island, there's a ferry that you can take to go across the water to another portion of the island if you want. Oh, wow. San Diego sounds definitely really nice. And I think it would be like way more quieter as well because it's definitely not like a tourist hotspot sort of area. Yes. Re relaxation is key. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Because you like food joints and stuff. What is uh, any of the food or drink areas that you recommend in San Diego? I would recommend West Coast Tavern because they have the best chicken waffles I've ever had, in my opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> for their brunch, like on a Saturday or Sunday, they offer unlimited mimosas for like $15. They sneak up, in you, uh, sneak up on you really quick, so gotta pace yourself a little bit. <laughs> but they also have a, a restaurant called the Tequila Factory, which is Mexican cuisine. And very good margaritas. The seafood um, is fresh. It's definitely a nice restaurant to try as well. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. I, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to San Diego. I mean, how's the weather there actually? Like, how is it uh, all year long? Because I think, for example, Hawaii, it's a really popular tourist destination. And I think one of the key factors of that is because it actually has really nice weather all year long i mean like all year long it's probably dry and it's like sunny and it's an average of 25 to 30 degrees which is really nice especially when you are just like cruising around like and walking around so how's the weather like in san diego um, I think the weather is is pretty good. So I would say you're going to be looking at, especially during the summer, you're going to be looking at 70 to 80 degrees. It's a little cooler. So I'm used to like Arizona's in the hundreds during the summertime. But San Diego is usually cooler because you're closer to the water and everything. So you can expect to have that beach weather. And sometimes it gets cool at night, maybe like low 60s or so, but it's still really great weather. Oh, wow. And what's it like during the winter? Or do you go there in the winter or not really? It's really cold. <laughs> it's really cold. It can be kind of windy. It can be kind of rainy. It can be kind of cold sometimes in the wintertime. Oh, wow. So it's not like the, like the weather in America, if it's winter, it's probably also snowy and rainy and stuff like that. I think they only get snow in the north, like by the mountains, but otherwise, I think so far, I've only experienced having to wear like a sweatshirt, like a hoodie, and mm -hmm. that's been perfectly fine. Like, I haven't needed to wear like layers or anything. I've just worn a hoodie and I was, I was fine. 
Ah, and but like in the winter, it's it's not really sunny. It's like it's like windy or rainy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's very different to Australia. In Australia, I think when I was younger, I liked the winter in Australia because. Uh, it's actually usually sunny. So, like, one of my favorite pastimes when I was younger was literally sitting in the sun at noon in winter because it's the perfect temperature and it's like super nice and it, you know, it's like blue sky, sunny. You can just lay there and it's a nice time. It, yeah. So, I'm surprised that America doesn't have those kinds of winters, but you know, I guess it definitely depends where you go. Like here in Arizona. It takes a while before it actually gets cold here in this in the winter time. So like uh, I would say you're you're looking at like November, December, it starts to get cold. And it still takes a oh, while yeah, for us to get to Yeah, it takes a while for us yeah. to be like, okay, I now need to put a jacket on. You know, a lot of people still wear shorts in November. It takes a while in Arizona. We don't we're not really it's either hot or it's cold here and mostly just hot here. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds like Australia as well. But like our seasons are different, but from what I remember of cuz uh Japan like works in a similar type of se- works on a similar type of season as the USA and from what I've remembered and what I've noticed, the Australian winter is basically a Japanese autumn. So it's not really cold at all. But usually it becomes winter in Japan in October, November. Or like that's when the season starts changing. So to hear that in Arizona, it's November, December. I'm like, that is definitely very late. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, for you, uh, so now we know that San Diego is a great place to be. Uh, what is your favorite food? Is it the food from San Diego? So like, when you've traveled, what has been your favorite food? For me, my favorite food would be tacos, but you can't get that everywhere. Breeze <laughs> <laughs> does definitely not have tacos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, what has been, like, your favorite cuisine? I mean, I figure every time I go to a new state, if I can't find tacos, I always find something that I like, whether, like, New York, they're known for their pizza, or, like, when I've gone to Chicago, pizza, they're known for barbecue. I can always find something. I love food. So, there's, I have no problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, uh, in terms of, like... Something that has surprised you when you've traveled, like, but in a good way, not in a bad way. (laughs) (laughs) Right, in a good way. I think when I went to New York, when I went solo, I tried a a poke bowl for the first time. That definitely surprised me because the ingredients were definitely not what I was expecting. I mean, crab I've had, like seaweed and some other like eggs. I I don't know. It was like a, a million ingredients. And it definitely was better than I expected. I thought that I was not going to like it. I thought that I was going to end up throwing it away or spitting it out. And it was yeah. really good. <laughs> what did you decide to try it, even though you're like highly, highly like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work or not. Like what made you just think, you know what, to hell with it. <laughs> I figured, so like they give you the option, you can make your own. But there was, like, so many options, and I was like, okay, that's probably not going to work. I could be indecisive, so I was like, that's not going to work. So then they also have, like, where they've already, like, compiled them together, and I just based it off of what I liked out of there. So, like, I like crab, and I was like, okay, there's a couple of things in there, or a few things that I know I should be okay. Like, we should kind of be okay. We're still going to test the waters, but I should be okay. I just based it off of what I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I mean, just as long as, like... You know, some of the ingredients, you're like, you know what, I think I can do this. I think I, if it's like everything, you don't know what it is. That's, I, I'd have to agree that is a bit scary to attempt to do. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool to know that, uh, especially in New York, they have pokeballs and stuff like that. I think the last time I went there was a long time ago. I think now it'd be six, seven, or eight years ago. So I, don't think that poke bowls would have existed in New York or 
did did they? I'm not too sure. <laughs> oh wow! Well, it was definitely new to me. It was, it was like a Hawaiian restaurant in Koreatown, and it definitely was not something I was expecting to run across either. It's just one of those you're like, I'm hungry. I want to try something different. I'm on vacation. It's like, what do you do? And like, when you think about it, it's like, okay, are there enough ingredients that I could at least pick them out if I didn't like the rest of it? That's kind of how. I, <laughs> that's kind of how to decipher what I'm gonna eat. <laughs> yeah, that's a smart. That's a smart thing to do. Get get that tip from a number one foodie. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like in terms of New York, because when I went to New York, I was kind of like underwhelmed with the food, and I wanted, and I know. New York to be like the mecca for good food. So, in terms of like trying to naturally find where good food is, would you recommend like Soho, Chinatown, Koreatown? I would recommend Koreatown. I would recommend Chinatown.、Um, a lot of the restaurants in Chinatown are really good. They may take cash only, but they Chinese food authentic, really good.、Um, I mean, I think when you're Especially in New York, because there's a lot of walking involved, because it's so congested and busy, you're you're end up going to be taking the subway, bus, something,、uh, kind of transportation. You'll be walking. I mean, I think just walking in downtown New York, just experiment.、Mm, yeah. So downtown New York, downtown New York. That too,、Africa. downtown. Because I mean, there was also a restaurant that I tried,、um, Crave for like pizza, and you could basically put. Potentially anything on the pizza, like the options were like endless, and I was just like, "Well, I like pepperoni, so we're gonna stick with pepperoni." <laughs> <laughs> Did you basically just put like pepperoni on your pizza? <laughs> like, just keep it simple. But I mean, they have so many. Like, they have a a huge chalkboard, and it just lists tons of pizza combinations. That is crazy. But I mean, like, do you have to pay extra for the toppings, or no, not really? No, it depends on if you did it like separately. So some of them are like they've already compiled them themselves. So、yeah. if the pizza had like pepperoni, pineapple, and something else, it was already like listed. But I think if you did it separately, like okay, I want to create my own pizza, then it would be extra. Ah, I see. That is cool. I think that's like super handy. Actually, um, I'm not sure if America has it, but do you know a restaurant called Lord of the Fries? No, never heard of it. No,、uh, okay. I think it's like a Australian specific thing, but there is a lot of the fries franchise in Sydney and Melbourne,、uh, from what I remember. And basically, it's popular for the special sauces that you put on your chips or your fries,、um, and that sounds a little like simple, but I mean. The flavors that you can put on your chips. One of them is poutine, which is gravy and cheese. There's like an African flavored one, which I don't. I forgot what it is, but I I chose the African flavored one and I freaking loved it. And like, oh wow, yeah. There's like a French, African, Antarctica. I I'm not sure about the Antarctica one actually. I think maybe、uh, Taiwanese, Hong Kongese, maybe I think. But basically, I mean. They're all、uh, like toppings that we know. So, like,、um, I think the French one is sour cream, mayonnaise, and I'm blanking on what it is. But basically, you know, it's a combination of these flavors on your chips. So,、mm-hmm. if you like chips or fries, I really recommend Lord of the Fries because I love I love the flavor combinations of Lord of the Fries. And like when I'm craving, I just I'm just like, yep, Uber Eats. This you can find it really easily within Sydney, and it's also like in the main station of Melbourne. So, yeah, if you guys like customization, we recommend. Yeah, yeah, I love fries. I will definitely have to remember that. I mean, I know I want to travel to Australia at one point in my life. I will have to remember that. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Lord of the Fries is like one of those、uh, fast food places that. I would order more than once, as much as I would not like to admit. I, <laughs> yeah, I definitely order more than once. <laughs> Lord of the Fries. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of 
uh, like stereotypes. Like I thought New York would have amazing food everywhere. That unfortunately didn't happen to be the case. <laughs> so for you, when you've been traveling, what was something that shattered your travel stereotypes? I mean, I had my reserved opinions about New York as well. Because, I mean, I, I don't think I thought it was going to be so busy, <laughs> congested. <laughs> but I think sometimes it takes going to a place more than once to figure out if that's true, a true stereotype or not. Because, in my opinion, I thought New Yorkers, New Jersey, they're, like, aggressive and everything. And the first time, I was kind of like, okay, maybe I was right. But then... <laughs> I went the second time, and it was a totally different experience, and everyone was super nice, and I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> and then oh, I went the third wow. time, and I had a good experience as well, just a lot of walking, but definitely different, so I guess it just depends. <laughs> yeah, wow, that is actually, like, really interesting. And you come from Arizona, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, is... Is the metropolitan of Arizona, is it like similar to New York? Is it as busy, not as busy? Um, Arizona's a little bit different because Arizona's more like spread out versus okay. like with New York. I mean, yeah, we have a downtown that's busy and things like that. But I think that Arizona's more so a place that you would drive. Unlike New York, just take the subway, you know, just take the train to get around. Uh-huh. Depending on where you're trying to go, that may not work for you here. Because we don't have, like, we don't have a subway. We have, like, a light rail, which is, like, a mini train compared to New York, but it's not the same. Ah. Ah. But, I mean, like, um, in terms of Arizona, would you think that the Metropolitan is, like, as busy as New York? Are people as busy in Arizona? No, it's not as busy here. Ah. Very interesting. It's definitely one of those... I'm glad to be home moments when <laughs> you come back from New York because it's not as busy. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys are very lucky. I mean, um, I live in the suburbs of Sydney, Australia, but I have been in like city, the city of Sydney for a very long time because of uni and like currently because of work. Uh, and it's definitely a very, very fast-paced, very busy environment. So... Uh, I did hear the stereotypes of New York, but for me, I think that Sydney people can be way more meaner. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so I guess like with stereotypes, first of all, I hope that everyone remembers that if you are especially in the CBD or the metropolitan area of Sydney, it is fast paced, especially at a working day. I mean, I'm one of those people that are trying to get to work as quickly as possible so yeah I when I went to New York I didn't really feel that fast-paced busyness I feel uh more of how liberal they are because when I I entered an art store in New York and then after I guess they knew that I was from another place and then they asked me where I was from and then after for some reason they started speaking about politics and I was just like, what? Where is this going? Why are you speaking to me about politics? Like, I'm an Australian. So, New York is definitely a very interesting place. And whatever stereotypes you have of the people, you should uh, keep it reserved. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I think definitely give it a shot. Even if you, yeah. uh, you know, you've heard the stereotypes, give it a shot. You never know what could happen. Yeah, definitely. I mean... I've honestly talked about this to a lot of other guests that are to be on the podcast, but we all have uh, really interesting opinions of New York, both the good and the bad and the just plain random. Yeah, but New York will definitely pleasantly surprise you in one way or another, I definitely think. Uh, But this podcast isn't about New York, it's about traveling the world. Uh, So... What is something important that you've learned when you've been traveling? I've learned to be careful to not overpack. Like, this is, like, (laughs) a key, key, key thing. Like, I 100% want to make it clear on overpacking. 
So when I went to Greece, this is my first like official, official overseas trip. I don't consider Mexico like going overseas. It's literally like four hours from here. <laughs> but Greece was like my first like official overseas trip. And I'm thinking you don't want to forget anything. You want to make sure you're overly prepared because I don't know how much it's going to be for an item that I have here, you know, over in Greece because the prices are going to be different. So I overpacked and I'm like juggling all this stuff through the airport and JFK is like a crazy airport. Not the best airport to have a ton of things to be carrying. And I'm like dropping things and it's like, okay, am I leaving things? It's like, it's completely a mess unless everything's in a bag or a suitcase. <laughs> Make sure it's bolted down because I definitely made that mistake for sure. So I would 100%, like, if you can leave it at home, do it. <laughs> 100% do it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly speaking, the amount of people uh, that I've also heard that are to be on the podcast, they always say that as well, like, do not overpack. And some people, like, they didn't, just do not understand what the concept of overpacking is but for me I personally try my best to keep like just pack half my suitcase or half my baggage if I can't that can't do that I pack like three quarters or essentially I try to make sure that I can put my carry-on stuff in my baggage and I can put my actual handbag in my carry-on but I'm telling you, yeah, especially if you enjoy shopping, especially if you enjoy shopping, this this tip is especially for you. Because, <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Because my parents really like shopping. And they throw many things away, like, just before we leave. And I, I'm personally not, like, the shopping type. But every time I see it leave, oh, I remember, actually, when I was in Japan, uh... I had to throw away many things because I bought and like furnished my apartment myself and just remembering how many things I had to throw away I am not kidding when I say that yeah I I threw out like if not half of my apartment two-thirds of it and there is something really memorable about that experience that I just generally hope to not have so many things ever again like because I really like collecting books and stuff like I'm a collector especially when it comes to books and and cameras I recently just noticed but I was just like Jules do not own so many things ever again especially if you want to be a traveler like it's just not a good idea yeah I 100% agree with you uh but in terms of like your actual travels, your actual experiences and your actual moments, what do you think would be the most memorable experience or moment from your travels? Most memorable for me is being able to experience a different culture. Mm-hmm. So Greece is definitely something that I'm not used to 100%. I mean, especially when you have to exchange currency, it's something that I'm not used to. I can use my debit card, no problem. Here, you know, I use American dollars, no issues. I'm going to another place that I have to exchange for their currency and, you know, pay additional foreign transaction fees and all these different fees and things like that. I mean, definitely it was memorable for sure because it costs a lot. (laughs) Memorable for sure. (laughs) Yes. But does that always have to be that expensive? I don't know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, you, I know that you've also been to the Bahamas. I So my geography is really bad. Uh, so you have to tell me what the Bahamas is like. Where is it situated? Because when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's a really uh, different place to like from what I'm used to. So what was the Bahamas like and where is it situated for all the... Uh, idiots like me who are listening to the podcast. <laughs> well, I did a cruise. Um, I took my very first cruise for my 30th birthday to the Bahamas. It was a must yeah. for me to be, a, you know, for the 30th birthday, do something yeah. over the top. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Bahamas, the weather is so nice. Definitely beach weather. 
You can just yeah. sit and relax at the beach with a drink. Um, I did also like go through um, to, you know, shop with the locals. Of course, I'm going to go shopping. I love shopping. Um, there's no currency exchange. You know, you don't have to have cash. I use a debit card if I needed to. Um, no problem there. Because I think it's still considered like U.S. territory in some aspects. Because I think for the phone, like when I was using my cell phone, there was an additional charge, but not when I'm like using my debit card. There was no additional charge, kind of thing. Oh, so it's U.S. territory, the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not know that. I thought the Bahamas was like some place. Out where the Amazon is, like I thought it was like one of the South Americas. I am so no, bad. You can have geography. Exchange currency. They they take debit. They take cash. Um, no problem. I mean, like even on the island, they even had like Cartier. Like that's here in the U.S. Like so, I mean, they have places from the U.S. or that are in the U.S. in the Bahamas as well. So I mean, it's definitely not bad at all. Oh. I feel like just suddenly enlightened. How long did it take for you to get uh, from the place that you boarded the cruise to your destination? I think it was about a day, because you board from um, Miami in Florida, uh, and then yeah. um, you get on the cruise from there. So I think it was about a day. Uh, seemed like. That's actually really not bad. A day is like quite short for a cruise, actually. Yeah, I mean, you have other things to do to keep you entertained. You know, they feed you. There's games. There's entertainment yeah. on the yeah. cruise ships. I mean, definitely, you have things to do to pass the time. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, because I remember I went on a cruise to New Caledonia from Sydney, and that took two or so days, and. Sometimes the weather was just like really rough and stuff like that. Especially when you go on a cruise ship. I mean, like for the most part, it's fun. But when the seas start to get really rocky, it's actually very, very difficult. And each and every time, like personally for me, I always get like a mini seasickness when I go on a cruise. So do you get that as well, or not really? Well, I was actually surprised because I thought that was going to be me. And I had went with a yeah. friend that yeah. this wasn't her first cruise. She'd gone like on a few cruises, and she ended up being the one seasick, not me. Oh <laughs> so, wow! What? So I was a little surprised. <laughs> yeah. Was the cruise rocky or like it was pretty stable for the most part? I think when we first got on, it was. There were some times that was a little rocky, but for the most part, it was smooth. Oh, you are very lucky. You are very lucky indeed. Because uh, I just have to say, anyone from Sydney that is planning to go to New Caledonia, I sincerely hope that you don't go during March because I think that was typhoon season and it was really badly rocky. I mean, there's, there was one day where I was so seasick that I had to just stay at the bottom deck and sleep all day. And I am not the type of person that would sleep all day, so it was, uh, it was yeah, it was it was really difficult for me to handle because we could really feel the rocking of the ship. But with that being said, I think for me a really good advantage of a cruise is the sleeping because I don't know about you, but for me, like because it rocks so often, I think the rocking helps me to go to sleep and just like stay asleep for a very long time. Do you feel that as well or no? I mean, the sleeping was okay. It didn't make me want to sleep any longer because the room is so small. And <laughs> I think that's what made me want to stay less in the room because it was so like boxed in and you're sharing with another person. I mean, I think for me, it was just like, I'm going to go eat. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy myself was like the main thing because the the small room didn't work for me. I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> so for you, the weather was good for your cruise to the Bahamas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went in January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, you went in January. I, I think that when it comes to weather, I think it's very important for people to keep in mind, especially when traveling. Because at first you think, oh, it's cheap. Yeah, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to enjoy it. But... Uh, I mean, like, I don't need many things, but when I travel, 
uh, I am particularly affected by the weather, I feel. Like, I am much more happier, like, going out on a sunny day than on a rainy day. So, for the people that, yeah, like, to me, even if it means, like, just paying a little bit more, uh, I definitely recommend New Caledonia not during March. And I guess for you, you recommend the Bahamas in January. Oh, yes. It was nice. That's interesting. Because, I mean, like, that's winter in America, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but the Bahamas is, like, uh, like the Mediterranean or something? Or it's just, like, better weather or just, like... Yeah, yeah it's more yeah. so... It's kind of, like, with it being an island, it's kind of like going to Hawaii. The weather is always pretty 70s, 80s, kind of. I really like that weather. I really liked Hawaii because of the weather. So now you're like convincing me to want to go to the Bahamas if it has like the same Hawaiian weather. I mean, is it busy as Hawaii or? No, it wasn't very busy. Ah, okay. I definitely need to go to the Bahamas. Because <laughs> I do not, I, even though I lived in, I think me living in Japan for three years, which is such a crowded place, has made me realize that I do not like being in crowded areas. So I definitely have to think of going to San Diego or the Bahamas if I'm planning another trip to the Americas. <laughs> Traveling will make you realize that for sure. Because when there's way too many people, it's like I'm over it. (laughs) I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like for example, my parents—they like sleeping in, so they don't mind being in a place where it's like crazy, super packed. But for me, I am like 200% willing to just wake up at 5 a.m., be the first people to rock up to the place if it means it is like not as crowded. Because I just. Yeah, I I don't know how my parents do it. I don't know. Because, like, the thing is, we get there, it's crowded, and then my parents complain. And I was like, you know, maybe we'd enjoy it more if it was, like, less crowded. But, of course, getting there early is, like, the most important part. But for you, you've been to a lot of amusement parks and stuff, right? Because of your family? Oh, yes. California, for sure, has tons of amusement parks to choose from. Yeah, I didn't actually ask you this, but what is your favorite uh, theme park to go to? Do you like roller coasters and stuff, actually? Yes, I think Six Flags with all of the roller coasters, if that's what someone's thing is. I think that's one of the best ones. Um, Universal Studios is kind of cool, too. You get to see like the movie sets and things like that and the different um, characters and stuff, too. So, I mean, I think both of those are really good ones, Six Flags and um, Universal Studios. I mean, I think they're all great, but some are just, Six Flags Universal a little bit better than others. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've heard of Six Flags before, because I heard it from a video game. And ever since then, I've always wanted to go to a Six Flags theme park. Like, I'm, like, low-key a huge fan of the Six Flags theme park. So, out of all of them, which one do you recommend? Because I... Yeah, that like going to a Six Flags theme park is definitely like one of the things I want to do on my bucket list. So which one do you recommend? I think Six Flags I'd recommend. Um, if it's more so of you're not a fan of roller coasters, I would mm. probably say SeaWorld next because it's not as busy as Disneyland. Ah, I see. No, but like, because um, you know how the Six Flags have... Like, there's Six Flags Georgia, Six Flags... You, like, they're situated in, like, different areas and stuff, right? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you go to uh, different Six Flags theme parks, or did you only go to one? I went to Six Flags in California, and then I also went to Six Flags in Colorado. Oh! Out of the two, which one do you recommend? I think California's better. <laughs> Oh! <laughs> really? Is it like bigger, more? Like you said before, you prefer uh, Six Flags California. And is it because, like, is it big- bigger? Is there more rides? Is it. Is yeah, it it's bigger with more options for rides, too. Mm-hmm. Ah, I have to remember that. I have to remember that. I've always wanted to go to a Six Flags, but, like, yeah, none of my family ever wanted to go to a Six Flags, so... Oh. Cry, cry. 
so um for me go to six flags is like one of the things that i definitely have on my bucket list so whether i like it or not i will have to go back to america one day but for you uh what are the top three things that are on your bucket list my bucket list is like really long, <laughs> but uh, one of the top places that I want to go to is Maldives and Dubai. That's like number uh, one on my bucket list, like 100% very top of the list. Why Dubai? I can, I can imagine Maldives because I know that you really like the beachy scene and stuff like that. So yeah, but why Dubai? Because I think that's slightly different. It's a little bit different, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit different. But more so for me because of the, the culture, I want to experience that. And I mean, just looking at the different pictures and things like that that I see from like Dubai and the different things that they have there, it's like I would like to experience that. And I feel like if you go to one, you should go to the other, in my opinion. But Yeah. yeah. What, what do you mean by one or the other? So if Dubai is one, what's the other? Going to Maldives as well. If I was to go to one, I'd want to go to both versus just going to one. Because you're already like on that side. So I wouldn't want to go to like Maldives and then go back home and then go to Dubai. I'd want to go to both in one trip. Ah, true. Because you went to New York and then you went to Greece, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be interesting. And then you did like five days New York and then five days Athens. Yeah. So, would you do a similar thing, like five days Maldives, five days Dubai? Oh, I don't know if I would do that many. (laughs) (laughs) Traveling for 10 days takes a lot out of you. It's kind of exhausting. It's fun, but it's kind of exhausting. I don't know that I would do that many days. Maybe like three in each, maybe? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel as though... uh, like traveling to a place for three days is also pretty effective in terms of learning more about the culture as well. Like um, I've done three day trips in Taiwan and South Korea and like it leaves me in this in between of I wish I was there for longer. No, wait, wait. I stayed at Taiwan for three days. I also stayed in China for three days and then I think I stayed in South Korea for one or two days and with South Korea, it didn't really feel satisfying. I feel as though I really didn't do a lot um, because one to two days was kind of just like too short. Even if I was just like with my friends and we were just like going out and partying and stuff. But one to two days definitely was enough for South Korea. But three days in China, three days in Taiwan uh, definitely helped me to feel as though I covered it enough, but I wanted to do more. So... That is oh, a that good is. Maybe five days might be necessary then. <laughs> yeah. Five days might be necessary because, I mean, I do want to go to, like, Bali too. I might have to do at least five days just to get the full experience, yeah. you know. So I get the full experience yeah. at least five days should be enough, hopefully. Yeah. Do, do like, a beach round trip. So it's, like, uh, what is it? Bali, Fiji, Maldives. Oh my goodness, that sounds like oh my god, that would be amazing. That would be a really good trip because I'm working on like another international trip for towards the end of the year, and I can't decide where to go because I want to go everywhere. And it's like, but you have to narrow it down. It's like, well, where do I narrow it down to? Yeah, it is so difficult. It is so difficult. Like, I have a billion things to do on my, on like what I want to do, where I want to go. I actually wrote it down. And then, like, I think I said it before, but I'm planning to do a one way trip to Berlin. And, you know, there are all these like European countries, and it's like, where do I go to next? It is so hard. But uh, I think for me in Europe, I really want to go to Prague. I really want to go to Spain and I yeah I'm I'm pretty easy going with the third one but I think for the third one I would perhaps want to go to Morocco or maybe the Salt Lake that you know the Salt Lake where you can see the reflection I think it's called like Uyuni but I think that's in actually South South America yeah yeah, actually, that's in South America, so I can't do that. Uh, 
I think Morocco. I think Morocco is somewhere in Europe and I definitely want to go there. So for you, what is the... Yeah. Where? Spain is another one. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, is it like the third one in your bucket list as well? Yeah. I mean, that's really long, but Spain's up there too. Because I'm like, yeah, the culture sounds really good for the next, for the top three. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I always hear so much about it, but I'm kind of like in a limbo with Spain as well because... I mean, I'm kind of indifferent. I, I do know that, like, the architecture and the design scene in Spain is actually really quite amazing. And I think that is what is, yeah, I think that is what is convincing me a little bit more. But, I mean, I always hear everyone, they always say that Spain is actually really quite amazing. So even though I am quite unacquainted with the culture of Spain, I definitely think that I will have a lot of fun in learning the culture and learning what it's like there. So uh, for you, that is your top three in your bucket list. Uh, and destinations. Like, there's like, I can't figure out which country, but I think ultimately too, it's like one of one country's like carnival, like their festival for carnival would be, whether it's Jamaica, Spain, I don't really care. Trying out carnival with the costumes in any country, I think would be nice too. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, like, I there were festivals in Japan, and I wasn't really interested in it because it was just like too crowded and stuff. But I know, and for anyone that wants to go to Japan, wants to go to festivals, they might hate me, but I'm just speaking the truth. I actually went to one, uh, and it was alright. But <laughs> but I would really like to go to a carnival because. My friend went to a carnival in Philippines and it just sounded like so much fun. I mean, like, yeah, it was crowded, but it sounded like crazy fun because um, I think she was located in Luzon, I think. I'm not quite sure, but basically during that festival, um, yeah, basically during that carnival or that festival, they uh, paint each other or like they try to put paint on your face and you know everyone's just like on the street trying to put like face paint on each other having a fun time the food is for free and there are like displays I think um there are different groups that march on the street and then each of them have a different dance and they just like dance around the street and it just sounded like so much fun and like Yeah, it, like, I would love to just, like, have someone put face paint on me, like, some random, I don't know why that seems like a fun <laughs> description, but to me it is. Whereas, like, in Japan, um, I went to a summer festival and it was a, a fireworks, you know, it was in Matsuri, so there wasn't really any um, demonstrations, but there are food stalls. And the food stalls, of course, were, like, really nice, but it was just really crowded and you had to, like, camp there early. Not camp, but, like, you had to make sure you got your spot early um, to really enjoy, like, a good spot for the fireworks. Where, So I guess for me, in terms of, like, the kind of festival that I want to experience, I would really want it, like, hands-on. But, I mean, yes. if you do, like, beautiful things... Uh, and you just want to like not participate <laughs> instead of like actively participate. I definitely recommend um, Japanese, yeah, the Japanese festivals. So for you, you'd like to experience a carnival. And what are two other things that are on your bucket list to do in terms of traveling? I mean, well, now I need to do the Japanese festival, so I have to add that one to the list. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. If you if you like that, <laughs> it's definitely beautiful. It's it's definitely very beautiful. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. We got Maldives. We got Bali, and now I have a carnival and the Japanese festival all on my list. Yeah, and any third option that you'd like, anything that you'd want to do while you're traveling overseas. Um, I would like to, I mean, I don't know if it necessarily has to be overseas per se, but I would like to parasail, snorkel, and skydive. Ooh, 
is there like a certain area where you'd like to do those things? Personally, for me, for some reason, I really want to do bungee jumping in New Zealand. <laughs> I mean, that would yeah. be a, a beautiful view, though, if you did that. Yeah, yeah. I I think it like stemmed because my brother.、Uh, I went there when I was fourteen. The last time I went there, I was fourteen. But I've been to New Zealand twice, and I just didn't have enough money. And you know, my brother had a job, and he was able to bungee jump. And I was like, I want to bungee jump. <laughs> but like in Auckland, like I think the Auckland Sky Tower or the Auckland Tower, you can bungee jump in that tower. So. You get to do bungee jumping in the city, and I think that's really cool because usually bungee jumping is like not in the city area. So I think that's why I would pick New Zealand because I want to go bungee jumping off the tower. Yeah, definitely. So for you, you would like to go parasailing and、um, skydiving. So do you have like any place in mind where you want to go skydiving or parasailing? Uh, no preference for the skydiving or the parasailing. Maybe snorkeling, like in Hawaii, maybe. Or even like if I went to Fiji, if I make that happen, that would be amazing. <laughs> like、yeah. any of those places, Maldives. Like I think any of those will work for me. Yeah, definitely true. Especially if you、um, do like the adventure sports in a like places like Fiji, because、um, I did parasailing and I did like a zipline in.、Uh, In oh, I'm like completely blanking out. But it's one of the popular tourist destinations in Philippines,、uh, Boracay, Boracay, and is it Boracay? It's Boracay. I was saying Boracay, which is like a type of like energy drink or something. But、uh, I like I forgot the name of it, Boracay. But Boracay, but.、Uh, I'm sorry, Philippines. I'm sorry, <laughs> even though that's like my ethnicity.、Uh, but yeah, I mean, parasailing I think was thirty dollars, and then I remember I went ziplining, which was also thirty dollars. I converted into Australian, and then I did ziplining in Alaska, and that was、uh, like a hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was fun, but to be yeah, but like that's why. Yeah, if you want to do the adventure sports, I definitely recommend like the places where it's tropical and cheaper in terms of like exchange. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like especially in Philippines,、um, it like I actually preferred the ziplining in Philippines rather than Alaska because I mean there's a huge height difference and. Maybe it was more dangerous, but with that being said, it was definitely like more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, hundred、um, percent. So, with that being said,、uh, we are close to an hour for this podcast,、um, and it was great talking to you and just like hearing about your experiences.、Uh, but before we end the podcast, I just want to ask you. What is one travel hack that you have? One travel hack that I've yeah finally yeah. figured out. <laughs> when it comes to like overpacking, I think the space bags are helpful, like to minimize on all the stuff that you put in your bag. If you、What's、must, this? Data, so like the space bags, you know the ones that you like vacuum down. Or like you roll up to get out the, you just roll them up to get out the air. That will minimize,、yeah. give you more space basically in your、uh, suitcase. Ah, don't you don't you need to use a vacuum to use those? Some of them you can do the vacuum. Others you just crumple them up. So you just roll it up basically to take out the air. So you won't have to worry about the vacuum. Ah, and where can people find that if they want to go and get that? You can potentially buy them anywhere: Amazon, Target, Walmart. Pretty much buy them just about anywhere. Ah, yeah, and those are especially handy, especially during the winter months, especially because the coats are just freaking huge. So, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was definitely like a really good option and quite affordable as well, which is really cool. Ah,、uh, so. 
it's the end of the podcast. It's great to talk to you. And where can the viewers find you if they want to see and hear more from you? Well, my blog is the number one specialcookie.wordpress.com. And my Instagram handle is Carmel Girl, but it's spelled differently. So it's C A R M A L G U R L. C A R. Yeah, I forgot it already, but I'm pretty sure that I'll have a link onto the What Begins with You podcast. Yeah, I'm sorry. I. I'm not so smart, but I do make sure to let the viewers know, let you guys know where you can find the guests of the podcast. So I'll make sure to link her website with hopefully her favorite blog uh, in our social media. And you can find The World Begins With You on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube under the same name. So Yes, I hope that you guys enjoy. I hope to see you guys around because, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun and I hope to hear your experiences as well. So have a wonderful day. Thank you again. I could not thank you enough, Tunisia, for yeah, being a guest. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. I'm very glad to hear that. And you are the honorary first guest of the podcast. Yes, Yes, it was so difficult to find people before you came around. So I want to thank you for like seriously taking the leap because so many people were hesitant. So many people like were just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I'm very thankful to Tunisia because she was, yeah, I think what she did was very brave. So I'll see you guys next week and have a wonderful afternoon, morning or night, wherever you are.